Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. And welcome to yet another episode of Mysteries of the Unexplained, a paranormal podcast where me and my best friend delve into the mysteries that have plagued mankind since the dawn of time. Have we found any answers? You'll have to listen to find out. Hey, Will O'Hanlon, how are you getting on? Spoiler alert, we have not answered any <laughs> mysteries. <laughs> Unexplained mysteries so far to date. This, however, may be the one that will break that run. You'd never know. It'd be more likely to be my week rather than your week. That a, that an eternal mystery of mankind would be solved. You just don't seem to have any receipts for anything, Will. You're just never bringing me back any receipts. Well, your receipts are um, all wet and in tatters nobody can read them (laughs) did you ever look down the bottom of your wallet and be like oh I kept this receipt I kept this receipt for a fucking coffee that I bought in McDonald's two years ago but I don't have the receipt for the new computer that I bought that has broken down like why do you keep some like why is there some stuff in my wallet from 1995 I just can't understand I stopped that I stopped the keeping of the receipts a long time ago I have to say Mm -hmm. I was of that party where I used to keep the receipt put the receipt put the receipt in your wallet and then I found out that uh, I just was collecting dirt absolute filth and my wallet was <laughs> wide because of uh, papers <laughs> not because of money not because of all those dollar bills stuck in there from your nighttime career as male gigolo now guys whatever about the gigolo reviews we have had some beautiful reviews coming in about this podcast over the past few weeks i'm not going to read them all out to you because it would make you feel insecure in your own life and that is really not what we want i will just pick one at random this one comes from Loz hope in great britain and it says comically chilling I first heard about Will and Annie's podcast on Yvette Fielding's Paranormal Podcast and I'm so glad she introduced us. This podcast is perfect if you love spooky tales from around the world with a little humour. I am loving a binge listen of back episodes and looking forward to future ones. Well, thank you so much, Laz Hope, and we love you. Thank you. Thank you so much for your review. That's amazing. I love getting a good review. Oh, I love getting a good review. You do too. You haven't had many from your exes, but you're getting some here now on Chartable. <laughs> and we would like to say, lads, if you want to give us a good hand out there, hit a little subscribe button, give us a few stars. We don't want to see less than five. I wouldn't give that to the dog. Like. <laughs> so if I see any trees or fours coming my way, I'll be sending them right back. Thank you. <laughs> Influx now of ones, twos, trees and fours. <laughs> But please don't do that because it'll affect the algorithm, please. Oh, God, please. <laughs> and Will is feeling very insecure in his life in general today. So I think I want to. Oh, Jesus, you have me tap dancing to the ground. I now. do. I do. Where, how many seconds are we into this now after? Um, it was shaming my character all um, with false fake news. Three minutes and 20 seconds in. Yeah. 
I was just going to say there is a big counter on the top of the screen and that is exactly how long I have been shading you. But Will, I'm going to tell you a little story that will either cheer you up or send you further down towards Australia. Great. Because this week I have an amazing story and it is entitled quite ominously, 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 Badlands. Ominously. Ominously. Thank you. You're usually the one who can't pronounce words. Oh, another dig, another dig. I'll have to go to hospital with all the cuts, the micro cuts I've had in my body and psyche in the past five minutes. Roisin, roll the music please there. Thank you. Roughly 20,000 years ago, a band of bipedal, unclothed travellers first ventured into the earth of what we now know as North America. Coming from lands of snow and ice where winters were long and harsh, they hoped for lands that would be kinder to them and their kin. Lands full of food, of fish and fowl, lands of plenty. It took them tens and hundreds, even thousands of years and many generations to reach the lands in the south. One of these places they settled we now know as the state of Utah, arriving there about 13,000 years ago. They hunted they fished, they made homes and they made children. They wore shoes made from deer hide. They created pottery from the red clay and they wove baskets. They drew figures on the walls of caves and on great rock formations. They survived until 700 years after the first families arrived there, a great drought makes the land too cruel to survive on and they must move on. In time, making way for the next group of settlers, then called Nietzsche, meaning just the people. It's kind of like Beyonce, like you don't have a second name or whatever. You're just the people. Those people, there's <laughs> only one of them. <laughs> oh, it's exactly like that, Annie. Yes, it's exactly like there Beyonce. Beyonce of circa 12,000 years ago. <laughs> the Nietzsche are survivors too and successful homemakers. They hunt, they build houses, they live and die much like the people here before them. But these people believe in the great power of this land. It was created by their one and only God, Sinawav, and his power and will is revealed to them through dreams and through visions. They know exactly where the Puavi are to be found throughout the land, the sacred power points their medicine men use to channel sacred forces. These Nuche people also believe that their world is populated by their dead who have gone before them the Mokwik, and these spirits live in the abandoned caves and caverns all around them. Evidence of them can be seen in spiders' cobwebs in these places, and they must never be disturbed or trifled with, or the dead would become very angry. I'm starting to think that this is why I don't like spiders, Will, because these people believe that spiders and cobwebs were reincarnations of the dead and you couldn't go near them. So so what? You come back as a spider? Yeah. Pretty shit. Like anywhere that there were spider webs was where the dead were living and you weren't meant to disturb them. They were super scared of it's them. It's a doorway to the heebie-jeebies whenever this, the cobwebs yeah. come and like get caught in your face. Oh my God, my worst nightmare. Shut up. As these Nietzsche people are living in relative peace in their homelands, taking only what they need from the land and obeying the laws and whims of nature, They do not realise that new and powerful religion and its followers are encroaching from every side. The new world has slowly invaded and those who come, come in the name of the one true God and they mean to spread their religion to each and every native in the country as part of their God-given directive. And the Nuche people, or the Utah, as outsiders call them, are no exemption. By the year of our Lord, 1864, the land that for so many generations was home to the Nuche is officially declared to be owned by the United States of America. An agreement is reached to establish a small territory for the Nuche along with two other small tribes, the Yampa and the White River. For 15 years, they are herded into this small patch of land known as the Yunta and Ore Reservation. The land is poor and bad for hunting. The tribe's way of life has been completely upturned and they struggle to adjust. When important minerals are found within the earth, the US government reneges on its promise to keep the land for these native tribes and the reservation dwindles to just one quarter of its original size. It's just so sad when you hear this stuff again and again that like 
these people were so fucked over. Like they were just like, oh, you've used to roam freely here and, you know, respect all these lands and its other tribes. Okay, now you're living in a hundred square acres and that's yours. Uh, but then, oh wait, we found some nice ore and iron in the ground so you can actually fuck off. We're having that as well. Yeah, it's absolutely disgraceful. It's carry- like greed. Uh, it's like highest level that like, you know, come in and take what you want. It's so disgusting. Disgusting. Well, I tell you one thing. These people might pay for their crimes. Fast forward more than a hundred years and it is a scorching hot summer in Utah. Gwen and Terry Sherman are travelling through a northern stretch of the Yunta Basin. The basin stretches for hundreds of miles to the south and is a mixture of desert and rich pasture. It looks like cowboy country and some locals even call it the Badlands. Terry and Gwen can't wait to explore it. I said on this Terry and John. No, Terry did not get a new um, male partner. Gwen is his wife. I don't know why I said John there. That was very, very strange. <laughs> <laughs> Terry likes it both ways. Terry brings the truck to stop having reached a destination, a 480-acre stretch of land lying deep within the Yunta and Ure Reservation. Up ahead lies the Myers Ranch House, lying on what was originally a piece of the reservation. Strange tales surround it and an eerie feeling hangs in the air. But the Shermans do not feel it at the time, and if they do, they shove it to the back of their minds. They are here to meet an estate agent to look at this very house, and they are too excited to feel anything but positive. The building sits at the base of a huge ridge which is backed by a wide irrigation canal. Called a ranch, it isn't really much more than a modest bungalow in need of some serious TLC. It hasn't been changed since it was built in the 70s, which would be manageable, but there are bags of rubbish and detritus thrown everywhere, and there is also something else Gwen can't quite put her finger on. She keeps thinking of the previous owner living out here all on her own. Then she realises there is a deadbolt on every door, not just the external ones. Every single door and every single window has a deadbolt lock drilled into it. Then Terry finds a huge chain bolted to the steps outside. Hmm. Must have been some dog. Terry shrugs. I... I guess so. Gwen nods, a slight feeling of unease flitting across her stomach. Now, apparently there was an old woman called Edith living in this house before them, I figured when I was reading this book, and um, Edith was big on security. Edith had deadbolts all over the place and had some kind of, apparently by the size of the change, book an elephant tied to her front porch. I think that I will be Edith at some time, living on my own out on the ranch, but a little bit scared that people are coming to kill me. Edith is giving me um, Jamie Lee Curtis in Halloween vibes, <laughs> the rebooted <laughs> franchise. <laughs> she is serving me a lady who knows how to operate a shotgun and has a set of knives that aren't for cooking. Edith is also one of those uh, women who wears like a long flowing skirt but a set of Nikes underneath it just for practicality and like quick getaways she, you know like she's not um, she's not a sandly bitch like she's gonna wear the Nikes doesn't dye her hair is grey nothing no. wrong with that yeah. by the way um, no. wild though wild yeah dinners are microwavable um, <laughs> you know you cannot be wasting time making dinners when you're constantly on high alert it is just fuel put the fuel in you because you may have to bust a bitch up in any given moment <laughs> totally. you wouldn't be calling her you wouldn't be Halloween style knocking on the door looking for trick or treats with Edith nah not for Edith Later, on taking a tour of the land, Gwen and Terry stumble across what would have been the old homestead, a dilapidated cabin built in the early 1900s, warped and rotten, but just about still standing. Spiders and cobwebs almost completely cover it, and Terry notices a strange circular formation underneath the thick dry grass, roughly about a metre wide and at least a foot deep in the ground. They look at it with some curiosity, then move on, anxious to explore more of their new home. It is the autumn before they return with their loaded pickup and their young son and daughter. 
Terry's father, Atchison, is also there to lend a hand. As they are unpacking the truck, their son spots what looks like a dog coming into view at the brow of the hill. And it's coming towards them. His mother clocks it too. What is that, a coyote? She asks. Too big, says Terry, not taking his eyes from the animal. They watch as the creature comes closer until they can make out its silver grey fur and the unmistakable hide. Sorry, Annie, I just want to stop you there just so the listeners are aware. I am doing the voice of the woman and the man. <laughs> uh, you may be surprised by that, <laughs> listeners, but I just want full transparent, <laughs> transparency with the episode. Um, it is, in fact, me and there will be no voice effects done, pitch changes or autotune. It is, in fact, myself doing the voice of both characters. So, sorry, I just wanted to make that clear. You, you may you may continue. I know. And we will get video evidence of this some, because, you know, voice experts actually find it really hard mm. to believe that this indeed is the same person. Um, yeah. uh, we've had it investigated. We will put video evidence about it. But thank you for the clarification now, if you could please just no fuck up. No problem. They watch as the creature comes closer until they can make out its silver grey fur and the unmistakable hide of a wolf. Terry takes a step forward, hoping to scare him off, but the creature keeps trotting closer, and Terry can't quite believe how big he is, at least twice the size of any wolf he has ever seen before. Terry looks nervously at the cattle pen and the three new calves he has just bought and moved to the farm. They look back at him, blinking questioningly, seemingly aware of a change in the air. The wolf continues his pace until he stops not more than 10 yards away from Terry, his huge sides and piercing blue eyes astonishingly close. And then the creature comes even closer and brushes up against Addison's leg. So close, he touches his fingers off its thick, wet fur. It even arches its back and rubs against him playfully, just like a pet dog. Aww, can we keep him? <laughs> asked their young daughter. Just then, the wolf rears up on its back legs and shoots off, and in a split second is right upon the cattle pen and then over it. The next second, it has one of the young calves' throats in its jaws. The squealing from the calf is unbearable. The kids are screaming. Get the magnum! screams Terry. Atchison grabs the gun from its holster in the back of the truck and thrusts it at Terry. Get back! Get clear! yells Terry again as he checks the barrel, snaps the gun back into place and aims, squeezing the trigger. The shot hits its target and thunders into the animal, but it doesn't fall. It doesn't even back down. Terry takes another step forward and fires again. Nothing, not even a whimper. The poor calf slumps to the ground, its ordeal over. The wolf still stares them down. Terry takes another shot. This time the wolf falters, steps back a pace, its eyes still fixed on Terry. Get the rifle. Terry shouts. Oh my God, I'm so scared. His 11-year-old son runs into the house to retrieve it. When he gets back, the wolf is still staring his father down. Terry takes the rifle, takes another step forward, and this time shoots the animal straight into the chest. Again, the animal remains upright. The family collectively gasp as Terry reloads. Another shot. This time the bullet rips flesh from the animal's chest. Nothing, not even a whimper. The wolf takes one more look at the dead calf before calmly turning and heading off in the direction it came. Terry's father, Addison, walks in disbelief to the spot where the wolf just stood and picks up a large piece of flesh that was torn from the animal's chest. He's horrified to find, seems almost putrefied and stinks of decay. How could this be? He and Terry later try to track and kill the wolf but are unsuccessful. After following its footprints for more than a mile, it seems to completely disappear. They are shocked that it had even gotten that far with the wounds it had sustained. Oh my God, I think we all need to take a little breath here. Like, what the fuck? This is giving me the Beast of Javoudon vibes. Oh, the Beast of You just wanted to say that again in your French accent, didn't you? Yeah, yeah it did um, to attract French men. Annie, uh, to be honest with you, um, mm-hmm. but uh, what you call it? It is giving me that same vibe, though, because that same beast was the one. Remember, they used to shoot at it, and sure, it just stood there like as if you literally uh, blew at it. Yeah, it just wasn't, you know, entertaining the idea of um, technology of the time, no. uh, weaponry. It just said, 
you're grand. I won't have it today. Thanks. This beast is like Bruce Willis in Die Hard. Like this is mm. like like fucking shit shoot at me I'm I'm the fucking Terminator I will actually just grow it back over and stare you down imagine this thing in your front yard wouldn't you absolutely be dying now we all like a dog lads and we all have pet dogs Um, we have Ted and Watty and we're very very attached but I tell you one thing if you shot thing five things and I'm still looking at you you'd be like demon yeah yeah there's something going on with this dog I'm going to call it now Annie with my paranormal expertise yes. I'm going to say there's something going on with the dog just on the, just on a gut feeling with the whole bullet. Yeah, thing, okay. And the disappearing oh. uh, track. Thank- I'm going to say <laughs> mysterious dog. Thank you for the, thank you for the detailed hypothesis. The hypothesis. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm here. <laughs> that was day one. For the next few months, the Shermans continue to be regularly. Sorry, I just want to interrupt you there. That little girl um, voice earlier on that, in fact, was me as well. Um, I don't know if he's copped that. I am going to tear strips up. It was, in fact, me as well, just for full transparency. If you interrupt. <laughs> just for full transparency. Well, no um, Hollywood reps are listening to this show. I think it's okay. You don't have to keep going on about your CV, okay? You can do three voices. Now, if you interrupt me one more time, I'm only a few miles away from you now. I will get in the car, license or not, go over there and kick your fucking arse, all right? Okay, settle down. The watcher is always watching and <laughs> he comes in the form of a little doggy doggy sometimes as well. <laughs> and bullets won't pierce my skin and my piercing blue eyes, Anne-Marie. Sorry, guys, that the Watcher actually episode was narrated by me as well. I don't know if you know that. Oh, my um, God, I'm going to kill you. Shut up. One of the beloved episodes, I would say, of Mysteries. I, I, I digress. Continue. <sighs> for the next few months the Shermans would continue to be regularly visited visited by these huge and menacing creatures they feel haunted seeing shadows around the house by night and by day they are constantly having to house their cattle behind locked doors they feel like they are under siege one day Gwen had just gotten into her car outside her house when she saw a great big shadow fall across the dashboard she returned to she returns to look out the window to see a huge pair of almost black eyes glaring in at her. The beast was almost the height of the car. She was absolutely terrified. They are so frightened for their livestock, they feel they have no choice but to report it to the local tribal office. She heads to the office in Fort Duchesne. When she explains her fears about the wolves running wild, she's told politely that there are no such animals anywhere on the reservation. Not only would they not be kept as pets on the reservation, but wolves have not been present in this area in any case since the 1930s when they had been slaughtered as part of a national extermination campaign. So now you're being told that these things don't even fucking exist in the area. That is very creepy. So what are they? And I mean, I suppose, well, I suppose if you're Gwen and Terry right now, number one, you'd be fucking killing each other, eating the bollocks off each other the whole time, being like, you made me move here and now we're being stalked by giant wolves. But I suppose you'd probably, like, it's a huge area. You'd probably be like, well, a few of them weren't exterminated and there's a pack of them still around. I suppose it wouldn't make you think anything more than that, but they weren't getting any local help anyway. The lads were just like, kind of deal with it yourself, you mad kind of newcomers. So they just felt like they had no one to talk to. So I shall tell you what happens next. Gwen came back absolutely perplexed and even more worried about the 40-odd black cemental cattle that were just about to be transported to stay on the ranch. Perhaps she'd have to trust in her three sheepdogs that would come with them to protect the herd, but she had a horrible feeling of anxiety in her chest. Terry's nephew Dee had also come to stay on the ranch and work with her and Terry. Dee had not been there long when he and Terry went on a routine check of the cattle. Out on foot, they soon spotted the headlights of a vehicle out half mile to the west. They were on Terry's land, and as he assumed them to be trespassing, they headed out to investigate. As they drew nearer to the light, it began to move slowly away. Terry broke into a jog to keep up and noticed that the light was moving in a very strange fashion. 
Headlights and a truck would obviously be moving up and down on the very bumpy and uneven terrain around here. But this light was moving very slowly, almost floating. It then stopped near a bunch of very tall trees. And to Terry and Dee's astonishment, the light, now cuboid looking in shape and about five feet in size, began to rise up towards the sky. They could see as it rose up that it had flashing red and white light underneath it. Seconds later, it cleared the tallest of the cottonwood trees where it sat for a second and then disappeared into the night sky. When they returned to Gwen and relayed the story, they were gobsmacked to find that she completely believed them as she had been seeing strange shapes in the sky and by the house pretty much since they had arrived. Then a few weeks later, Terry noticed a weird golden orb in the air over the ranch. In fact, he saw it several times. And one night, as he watched it, he says the orb seemed to expand and reveal something inside it. What it was, he couldn't exactly say, but he felt like it was something that was not of this world. Oh, bitch, the plot thickens. So now there's not just giant fucking wolves, which I keep imagining to be like the wolves out of Game of Thrones. Do you know those ones? They each had a dog. I keep thinking of them. Which you would be like, oh, lovely pet, until they're trying to actually fucking eat you. Um, And now they're seeing all this fucking mad stuff. So what's your theory now, Will? What's happening now, bitch? I don't know. This is very, very, very weird. I like this has given me uh, Skinwalker Ranch vibes. Now I know Skinwalker Ranch has been heavily covered in the paranormal podcast domain, but it is giving me the very same. Very, it's like it's sister place of that. It's like a sister area of mm. skin, Skinwalker Ranch. So it's obviously right, some yeah. sort of portal yeah. area for every sort of demonic dog or interdimensional dogs or weird lightsy shit to come down it's basically the las vegas strip of interdimensional weird crap going on <laughs> a deadbolt <laughs> looking back edith a deadbolt isn't going to do diddly squat for you love yeah yeah we thought Edith was being overly cautious. And now we're like, Edith, what the fuck were you doing out there on your own? What a fucking hardy bitch. I doubt the interdimensional beings that can travel faster than the speed of light or perhaps of a different method that we can't even uh, fathom to understand uh, would be halted across the universe (laughs) by a wooden door, I presume, with a um, standard cheapy deadbolt lock on it. I doubt that that is their kryptonite, Edith, but good, good try. If it makes you sleep better at night, well done, Edith. And by the way, where is Eden? What happened to her? That idea. Yeah, I was just going to say. Mm. Oh, oh. <laughs> that's comforting. <laughs> Though these events were surely extremely strange, they did not necessarily link them with the wolves and surmised privately that there may be some military base nearby conducting experiments and test flights. A harsh winter came and the pressure of everyday life took over. Some of the cattle succumbed to the weather and the whole family tired from working hard to get the ranch into its best shape in years. But in the spring, the strange occurrences were about to ramp up in a shocking manner. While out working on the farm, Terry hears his son calling frantically for him to come. The young boy is kneeling by the banks of canal, retching, unable to stop. He is pointing at the water and Terry soon sees why. There is the carcass of a heifer stuck at the bottom of it, and the smell is overwhelming. Terry takes on the gruesome job of heaving the carcass out with a thick rope, and he is totally perplexed by what he finds. Half of the heifer is missing, and seems to have been cut clean off. The insides are completely missing, while the rest of the carcass is quite intact. Maybe it was wolves, his young son offered. Terry shakes his head. That was no wolf, he thinks to himself. This is the first of what goes on to be many bizarre cattle mutilations on the ranch. Now, Will, I think just for our um, city living friends all over the world, would you please explain to them what a heifer is? A heifer is, in fact, a heifer. A heifer is a cow who has not yet calved, a quite young cow. Yes. Um, 
that hasn't been yes. coughed or put into milk yet. Yes, exactly. Yes. Your father, your farmer. Oh my God, Annie, I knew that. Shame. I'm only fucking taking the piss. Um, yes, and they are also very annoying to try get through a gate. Oh my God, so annoying. Just, well, all of them are. To be honest with you, and I have done they it many are... a time. I've put in my errors, so has Annie. Um, I do not want to come back as a as a heifer or any type of livestock animal, please. And I feel no. like I have had enough interactions with them to last me an eternity. So I'll come back as a blade of fucking grass, but not a heifer. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> It is the next incident, though, which is to rattle Terry to his core and make him, for the first time, consider leaving the farm. He is sitting out on his porch with his faithful cattle dogs one balmy evening. Suddenly, just 20 yards from him, at the bottom of the garden, he sees what seems to be a blue ball, about the size of a tennis ball, floating in the air, and it seems like it is made from sparks of blue electricity. The dogs are well aware of it and are barking maniacally and he finally gives him the nod to follow. They take off at once and the light takes off before them, all of them flying off into the night. After some moments, Terry grows concerned that they are not returning, even though he calls and calls. He goes to bed that night after reassuring the kids that the dogs are just having a good run and will return when the chase is over, but he is beyond worried. The next day, he comes across a gruesome and heartbreaking sight. A patch of dried grass is a telltale sign and the smell of burned hair is unmistakable. In a clearing, he finds three separate piles of remains. Shocking beyond belief is that there is nothing but a gooey substance and telltale tufts of hair. The family is devastated. Okay, so now they're fucking with your dogs. Whatever about fucking with your cattle, now they're after killing your dogs. This is so bizarre. Like, why? Like, why do they mutilate cattle as well? Just while we're on this now, the dogs are gone too. What is it? What is it? Are cattle actually evil and we don't realise? Well, when you are trying to get them to go through a gap in the ditch or trying yeah. to drive them into one field when they want to go the other way, it does feel like they are somehow demonically possessed. When they're coming for the dogs now, you know, I wouldn't be saying, I wouldn't be saying that welcome, have a cup of tea line to them after that. Oh, no. They're after, they're after blotting their coffee books with you now. Like, mm-hmm. whatever about trying to eat your cat, mm-hmm. like, hungry. But the dogs, no, you're after crossing a fucking line here, lads. And, and, and yes, they still didn't leave after this. They were still there. Your dogs have been lured away by a glowing ball of um, blue electricity and then killed. And you're still there. Fuck that. He finds one fella to talk to and it's the local retired science teacher. Oh, fuck me pink. Knows everything. Know all Joe. Yeah. Fuck me pink. Here we go. With no one else to talk to, Terry turns to John Hicks a local retired science teacher who had spent years trying to convince people that there was something uniquely peculiar about the area. As Hicks explained to Terry, there had been very high numbers of UFO sightings in this area as far back as the 1950s. On one occasion, a family of four had reported seeing a formation of 12 objects flying over their car. Delbert Newhouse managed to catch this particular footage on a film camera he happened to have in his car and it is still a very compelling piece of UFO research to this day. Um, You can see this clip on YouTube and I will put a link to the show notes. Very unusual to have a filmed um, clip from from that far back. Um, The quality isn't amazing but for the time it was pretty incredible. This fellow was called, and second most astonishing thing about this, this fellow was called Delbert and he had a son in the car with him. And do you know what he called the child? Delbert. What, what a dog. <laughs> what a dog. What the real, what an absolute crap. The real mystery of the yeah. unexplained is why you would call your son Delbert when you had to go through your whole life being mm. called Delbert. What a fucking <laughs> He's after dealing with that all of his life and in, and is bitter to the fucking high heavens yep. and then say, mm. I'm going to call him Gilbert. Gilbert. Mm. Holy Lord. I tell you one thing, I've never come across that name, nor will I, I'm sure of it. 
Um, if anybody knows of a Dilbert, please, please write into please, us. Please tell us. Write we want us. a picture of him as well. That's on my condolences yes. as well. <laughs> because, uh, fuck me. How, Delbert. Yeah, Delbert Newhouse. Anyway, I digress. Hicks himself was an amateur researcher and had personally collected testimony from over 400 local sightings, from floating orbs to black triangular objects, just like Gwen had reported seeing around the ranch. Hicks had seen these shapes and orbs himself, and he relayed to Terry that the Nuche people themselves had wanted nothing to do with this particular piece of land on which the ranch settled. Apparently, this exact spot had once been the scene of a ritual in which a neighbouring tribe had cursed them. And ever since, the Nuche felt that they were being haunted by what they called Ye Naldaldushi, or Skinwalkers. Oh, oh, holy, 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 holy <laughs> And this bitch is going to cabaret out of here right now. Uh, catch us next week. Tap dance out of the fucking building. <laughs> Welcome to Skinwalkers the Musical with Elijah. According to local folklore, the skinwalker exists only to bring death to those who, who it hunts. Once it has taken its animal form, mostly off, most often that of a wolf or coyote, it will hunt its prey mercilessly, stalking them mostly at night until it pounces. According to Hicks, the Nuche felt that the tabletop bridge at the top of the Sherman's ranch was entirely skinwalker territory and would never venture there on fear of death or even worse. Also, a place called Dark Canyon was immensely feared. Here, there were caves with prehistoric drawings and apparently human skulls, killed by witches used in ceremonies to create the skinwalkers themselves. Terry tried to ignore Hicks' warnings, but he couldn't forget what he heard as the bodies of mutilated cattle continued to appear and the family finances went into freefall. The final straw came one night in July, when the family had just settled down for the night. Terry noticed out the window that the lights in the yard were flickering on and off. Then Gwen let out a terrified scream. (laughs) There... There, that wasn't terrified. That was more like SMM. But anyway, no, we'll stop it now. Don't. You can use whichever one you like. <laughs> there, just outside the window, was an incandescent bright blue orb floating in the air, seeming to just be hovering there, watching her. The Shermans had had enough. By the end of the summer of 1966, they had lost 14 cattle to strange mutilations and the stress had exerted a heavy toll. Gwen was on the verge of losing her job at the local bank due to her lateness because of all the sleepless nights and trying to reassure her two terrified kids. I'm sorry, I'm just imagining uh, poor Gwen going to work frazzled (laughs) within an inch Within an inch of her life, someone just been like, oh, hi, Gwen. How was your weekend, my darling? And Gwen been like, oh, we've seen the blue light again. And it mutilated our dogs. Um, they were goo on the ground. Oh, Gwen, that's lovely. I'll see you at lunch. Get her the fuck out of here. I don't want to work with her, Michael. She scares me half to death. <laughs> What the local bitch in the bank be saying. I've worked here since the day I got married, and I'd be damned if I'm gonna let an outsider chase me out of my job. She cornered me in the cafeteria and told me that there were skinwalkers on a ranch <laughs> with some wolves and stuff. She showed me pictures. They were terrifying. Also, she wanted to know where she could get a special on dead bolts. I don't know. Michael, I can't work with her. She is scaring the living daylights out of me. Mm-hmm. And what I say goes around here. Also, my part might be played by Octavia Spencer, or whatever her name is, that really good actor oh, that's American. And she yes, play that I think part. it would be very good. 
you were also definitely the local Avon lady. You were like Betsy, like the local Avon lady who makes a few quid on the side. Ladies, I have a new yeah. product called Tupperware <laughs> and it will keep your salads as fresh as a daisy. Your husband won't believe it. You can get prepared in a flash. And ladies, for this small little tub, it's only $59. But if you sell five of them, I can give you one for free. Ladies, it's change in your back pocket, but we don't wear jeans at the moment yet. We haven't progressed that far into the future. So you can put them in the top band of your skirt or in your brassiere. Brassiere. I love the way Americans say brassiere. Um, anyway, shut up, Betsy. Willie, I don't want your Tupperware. Their marriage was struggling. And when a very unexpected call came from a man in Las Vegas called Robert Bigelow, eager to buy their ranch they almost took his hand off along with his offer $20,000 later the Shermans were about to be set free but the show for Robert Bigelow was only just beginning oh this is Skinwalker Ranch I only realised at the end because <laughs> I know Robert intimately yes yes well I know that you know Robert intimately like most middle aged men you know him intimately from your days at college when you needed some spare change to spend in the vending machines so this does lead on to the, the story of Robert Bigelow who was a somewhat amateur paranormal investigator himself a businessman had loads of money and he went on to buy the Sherman Ranch who has also um, had a contract deal with his business with the uh, US government uh huh well I think you might have covered this in a previous podcast I would love to go there and spend a weekend there oh I would love it well like all these things I'd say I'd love it and then I'd actually not be able to my money would be gone to waste because I wouldn't be able to spend any time there because I'd be too frightened out of my fucking wits end I'd be going around that place like Alyssa Edwards in that camera dress uh, with all the cameras on me <laughs> just in every direction to take pictures of everything recorded I'd be like this is my camera dress it will record everything it's 360s in, 360 degrees in case I miss a thing because sure as God I would see something and I wouldn't have any evidence and people would be like that's lovely you mental <laughs> fucking bastard okay <laughs> and to be honest with you you would need fucking video 4k video these recorders for you to come back if you had a story because even if you presented a live specimen to me of something I'd be like oh and you're just so weird <laughs> I wouldn't believe it I'd have to have them tell me that they came across you do you know what I mean that the creature itself came across you and was trying to tell me about Will, you. Could you. Could you please just stop riffing on about this? I have no idea what you're saying. I'm actually just preparing my questions for. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ask Willie anything. That's me. <laughs> in that really annoying accent um, so bad that apparently somebody said it is actually offensive but uh, we don't like them and they're a thunder cunt so let's keep going with this Will, Alison Scott asks if you had to pick a cartoon character for hmm. you and Annie to be who would you pick? That is such a good question Oh, that's a very good question thanks so much for that I think it'd probably be Ren and Stumpy or Stimpy Ren and Stimpy <laughs> Ren and Stimpy yeah Ren and Stimpy yeah. or like Beavis and Butthead <laughs> uh, no Ren and Stimpy and I are well yeah and I'm not going to say who be who it'll be well, in my autobiography which will be out <laughs> just in time for Christmas I know good good stacking filler guys <laughs> Vanessa Everly says do you know how to use an old style bidet an old style bidet. Um, How's an, what's an old style bidet now? Does it not squirt the water up at you? Or mm, what? Oh, don't know. Don't know what an old style one, what that would even be. We never had really bidets around here. They're very fancy things that we experience when we go on holidays to Europe. Um, yeah. But uh, what I was going to say to you, no, I don't. No, is the answer. No, he doesn't. Could you please elaborate? Vanessa, could you write into there? Elaborate on what it is, and um, a diagram would be very helpful, as with most things in life. Thank you very much. Janique Leslie Calderon says, Dear Will of the Whispers, do people eat or drink soup? Mm, okay, uh, it depends on soup, to be honest with you, because if it's a chunky vegetable soup, you're going to have to eat that. If you're chomping, anyway chomping, you are eating. If you If it's watery as anything and it's got no chompies in it, then you are drinking. Very so good. that is my take. Depends on the soup. Janique, I thought that was a very fucking smart answer now that he gave you. But anyway, Carlos Collazo says, clean shaven, trimmed or 1970s porn bush? <laughs> oh my God. Uh, I suppose the 1970s porn bush because I have to go with that. I haven't been clean shaven in I don't know how long, but I know you're not talking about that. <laughs> Um, but yeah Louise Imry says love your podcast keep up the amazing work oh thank you Louise William if you were an ice cream which flavour would you be oh that's a very interesting one now um, I would be a salted caramel with hazelnuts <gasps> as well because I am very sweet um, mm. I'm delicious some people say and um, I'm also quite salty I can be a salty little bitch when I want to be absolutely and Liz, Liz, Liz chimes in here and she says also scoop or soft serve cone or cup oh my god I think cone because you're getting the cone as well you can't eat a cup yeah. Has to be the cone. Yeah. And I'm tall and co and cups will be short, so I will be a cone. Oh, okay. Yes, okay. Oh my gosh, you're getting very technical. Mac Heather says, Hi Mac. Um, where would you hide Annie's body if something in Verticomets unfortunate happened to her? <laughs> um, I would hide her body or hide her booty. I would hide her body, um I would first of all 
uh, chop it up into small pieces. Then mm. I would blend the pieces. Mm. I would then put the piece, uh, I would then throw her down like a drain, I think. Like not a kitchen, like I mean a, a drain, like a ditch drain, not like a drain oh, yeah. in the kitchen because sure. that'll sink the fucking place over. And then it's Annie, so we'll fucking make it. Absolutely <laughs> smell hee-ho, hee-ho. So we'd have to put you down a drain and then just cover in the drain with loads of soil and stuff. Just real horrible death. Okay, this is feeling way <laughs> too planned out. Thank you very much. Um, Deborah K. Lambert Finch says, what is your favourite candle scent? Oh, favourite candle scent. Um, Oh gosh, that's a good one now. Actually, I do have a candle from This Works. And oh, it's... here we go. Oh, sorry, I thought it was going to be yours. No, I won't plug myself at the moment, even though I should be. Um, but I have it from This Works, and it's it's uh, the lavender and Roman chamomile, but it's absolutely gorge diddly. Okay, they owe you a load of money for advertising. Francesca Gibbon says, which of your toes is your favourite? Oh, my favourite toe is the second in from the pinky on my left foot because I actually broke it once. Oh, you broke it when drunk. Oh my God, the moaning. The fucking moaning. And I actually cried in a yes. cafe over it. Yeah, Do you remember oh my that? God. How many times have <clears throat> I had to actually lift you up out? You cried over a broken Well, no, toe. Annie, you entertained you entertained me with that. That's you your own self-pitying bastard with your broken toe. I just, I deserve a medal. Jen Halbright says, if you had a warning label, what would it say? Um, may snap back. Absolutely. <laughs> you can put two of those. Like, actually, just plaster him in labels and plaster it over his mouth at the same time. David Mill says, shag, marry, push off a cliff. Angel, spike, Xander. Okay, I would... I would shag Spike because he'd be only good for a ride. I'd marry Angel and then Sandra. Good luck. Yeah. Yeah, good luck. I like, he'd be off the cliff whether you get the shag or the marry anyway. Very annoying. Very annoying. Actually, he got arrested there lately for doing something very, very bad. Uh, I can't remember what it is, but I remember seeing his mugshot. You can look it up if you have spare time. You do have spare time if you're listening to this podcast. What are you doing with your life? Denise Gallagher. Listen, girl, if I have to call the guards on you one more time, I'll fucking do it. She says, hi, Will. Please tell me what it's like working with an unprofessional, in (laughs) bad person. (laughs) An unprofessional on what person? Bad person. Oh, right. Uh, well, you can only imagine, to be honest with you. Um, you can only imagine. That's all I'm going to say for legal reasons and the contract that we signed ourselves into with the podcast, which I spoke about before. Um, so I um, yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, you, you can start a movement. You can start a movement free will if you want. Wait, Roisin, Roisin. Yeah, she's after falling asleep on the fucking desk here again. She's after falling asleep with her... With her hair in a pile of pot noodles. She's after falling asleep in a pot noodle. Roisin. Roisin, love. Yeah, no, you're st- it's still work time. No, you don't get off till nine. Could you please? Yeah. Then, yeah. Woman turns into a detective after finding a hair in her boyfriend's bed. A woman has gone viral on TikTok after she revealed how she found the woman that her boyfriend was supposedly cheating on her with. And people have praised her excellent detective skills. A woman who jumped on a four-hour flight to surprise her long-distance boyfriend has revealed how he was being unfaithful. Hannah shared her story in a series of videos where she told people to trust their instincts. Remembering the time I found blonde hair in my long-distance boyfriend's bed, so I went through his Facebook friends and list and found all the females with blonde hair in the same city she said in her video found the one girl that fit the criteria and she was his co-worker found the deleted messages between them so i text her good night and she says good night baby i can't wait to see you oh talking about how it all started hannah explained i kept having nightmares of him doing something bad to me and i had a really bad gut feeling something was going on she recalls him always disappearing in the middle of the night worried she'd call him to text to see if he was okay but he wouldn't reply until the next day when she'd confront him she said he'd always say he was busy with the boys playing fifa 
So she got on a four-hour flight to surprise him. But when she got there and saw a long blonde hair on the side, her mind was going all over the place. So I started doing some digging, she said. That's when she went through his Facebook friends and through a process of elimination and deleted texts, she found the girl the boyfriend had been chatting to. Since being posted, the original video has racked up more than 1.4 million likes and comments from the people who applauded her excellent detective skills. One person said... You're wild for that, but I'm here for it. Excellent detective skills. In a follow-up video, she told people to click on Finder on a Mac computer and type archive in the search bar to find the deleted iMessages, how she finally caught him out. So, it has corresponding dates, it has corresponding times, it has all the numbers and the names of people you've messaged on your Apple Watch or your iPhone. She says it doesn't matter if you've deleted them from the devices, unless you physically go in and delete them from the files, they still would be there. I have just helped a load of girls out on how to find their cheating man. Thank you very much. This has been Annie for Billy's Bizarre News. Please join us next week. Boop, 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 boop. Now I know Will. I know Will. That wasn't the bizarrest of stories, but I think it might have been one of the most helpful stories we've ever had on Billy's Bizarre News. Because this woman is a fucking genius. I wouldn't have thought to do any of that shit. Oh my gosh. She caught him. She caught him. She caught him. 10 points for creativity there. And fair play to you. And how did you find one hair in the bed anyway? Absolutely. You know when something's up, Will. You know when something's up, don't you? No. God. Very good. Very good. 10 points. No, I would. No, I'd I'd be in the middle of a a Netflix episode or something. I'd be like, I'd be like, I'd probably picked it up somewhere else and I probably got into the bed. Like, I mean, a hair in the bed wouldn't necessarily mean there'd be somebody in the bed that's been like carried from like your car or you rubbed up against someone in the fucking supermarket or something. I don't know. Am I very nice? Well, apparently to this girl, I tell you, you are. She tell you definitely, but also I don't know if I want to entertain the idea because now, now, would if you found a fucking hair in the bed in future with anybody, would you just go off on a tangent and would you be able to believe them? And also they're going to be like, oh my god, that hair is from fucking I don't know where, you psycho, I'm out of here, if you confronted them. So you better off not know, like obviously it turned out well for her now this time yeah yeah also yeah, yeah. she won't have a fucking hair in her head from distress <laughs> you your own fucking hair <laughs> i'd be too i yeah i wouldn't i'd be too lazy i'd be surprised probably not actually on that note just gotta go call dave there this has been such a fantastic episode may I say my, so myself that I have very much enjoyed it what about you William? I had a swimmingly time actually today <laughs> it was lovely um, just as well in case you didn't get it in case you fast forward through the episode I did do the voice work on multiple characters in this if you would like okay. to hire me for voice work <laughs> you can DM me, DM me directly. Um, there is a small fee, but I can do multiple accents, as you've seen over this. Lads, if you'd like to do something actually constructive, you can get our Patreon at Patreon forward slash Mysteries of the Unexplained. We're on Instagram at Mysteries of the Unexplained Pod and on Facebook at Mysteries of the Unexplained, where you can join our little group of the best people in the world ever. You can ask questions for Ask Any slash Ask Will Anything. And you, um, if you're on the Patreon, by the way, guys, you can send in your grinds my gears we have a special weekly mochi word wednesdays where we send mm, we kind of try to solve people's problems from all over the world um people send in their gear grinding problems and we give them a little bit of auntie annie uncle will tlc yeah and just with just if you you're looking for some extended uh, voice work that i've done i refer you to the kelly cahill episode to get the full extent of my accent a voice thanks so much for joining us (laughs) (laughs) thank you thank you can I just pass forward us to uh, my award ceremony where I get up and I'll say I'll say I just want to say thank you to the man upstairs because this (laughs) this lighting is making me look fantastic (laughs) catch you on the flip side bitches bye
Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.